Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 534. And uh, Guns N' Roses with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be uh, nice and sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 33 right now. And there's a lot of black ice around outside. So be careful driving because it just sneaks up on you. And, you know, I happen to have very bald tires. Well, that's a great thing to be driving during uh, the winter. I totally agree. Yeah. And I found that uh, a little bit of slippage in certain areas. Yeah. So, yeah. Did you text me for tires.com? Because that's what I did. No, I didn't. Well, you should do that. It's a little early in the day. But maybe uh, maybe later in the day. I don't know. I did it at uh, 4.42, and uh, I got a message right back. I'm in the middle of a bunch of things here, Steve. Right. I got a, there's a radio show. I'm just trying to help you out. Oh, and I appreciate it, too. Anyway, what a show today. We uh, begin it right now on Rock 102. How cold? Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Van Halen with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It is 33 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aquapump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Well, as usual, you can bet on just about anything related to the Super Bowl. Here are some of the craziest novelty prop bets you can actually place. Okay. And what the best odds are. You ready? The length of the national anthem. Will it be over two minutes and five seconds or under? Who's singing it? I don't know. I don't who is that? I don't, know. I, don't, I don't know. Who's doing that? Over is the safer bet at about 57%. The length of the word brave in the national anthem. This is These are all the things you can do. Maybe we should talk about this at a later time. Yeah, maybe. You know, the, the uh, crazy Super Bowl betting stuff. Chris Stapleton is supposed to sing the national anthem. Oh, that's definitely going to be over two minutes and five seconds. No, I'm going to think it's going to be under two minutes. Really? Yeah. Want to make a bet? Yes. All right. You're on. I'll bet you a penny that it goes over two minutes and five Whew. seconds. Man. Can you handle that? I don't know if I can. You drive a hard bargain. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yesterday, it was supposedly he was dating a 19-year-old, and now, no, 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 that's not true. We're just seen sitting together. Everyone uh, knows Leo likes him young, but... Uh, even this might be pushing it over the edge for him. Rumor has it that his latest girlfriend is a model, Eden Polani. She's 19 years old. He's 48. That's a 29-year age difference. What the hell you got in, in common with that kind of age difference? Well, you know, somebody, some will say and make the argument that, well, Mick Jagger's 80 years old and he's dating a 40-year-old. Well, that's Mick Jagger. He can almost get away with that. But, you know, there's 10 years difference between uh, me and my wife. There's sometimes I'll make a reference that right over her head. And oftentimes she'll make a reference that's way over my head. Yeah, think about that. Think about a 30-year age difference. I, I can't. Like I can't you, think of it that you know, way. Uh, you're, you're like... Uh, you're like, oh, man, that Iran-Contra uh, thing was uh, awful. And, and you're like, what? Well, I was like two when that happened. <laughs> I don't remember that. Sometimes my wife will make like a, yeah. like a movie reference from uh, the early 2000s. 
Yeah. And it's, I, like... She's well, like, yeah, well, what do you mean you never saw that movie? He's like, I never saw that movie. And that's the thing. It's like lost in, in, in translation kind yeah. of thing. Uh, they were spotted sitting next to each other at an album release party in Los Angeles last week, so people started talking. But according to TMZ, they are not a thing. Because the whole internet went crazy yesterday going, oh my God, Leonardo DiCaprio is dating a 19-year-old. The funniest meme I saw yesterday was one that says, uh, it was like a tweet but, but it said, Dane Cook, I'm dating a 23-year-old. And Leonardo DiCaprio goes, hold my beer. And Leonardo DiCaprio's <laughs> girlfriend says, I can't. <laughs> not old enough. I'm not old enough to. <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of this young lady. She's a, she's a lovely, she's a lovely, lovely girl, lady, but she can do so much better than DiCaprio. You know, maybe it's just me, but like, uh, I'm getting to the age where, yes, younger women are attractive, but there's like a limit you know, like there's a, uh, you know, I'd say maybe 30 is the limit. Yeah. I, I mean, when you have, chill, I, I think when you have kids and you, you I don't know, like a, I think a normal person, I think that's how a normal person. Yeah, I could, I could, evolves. I like could you just, never ever be involved with somebody romantically that's the same age of my kids. I, I could never do it. Yeah. On a, on a total moral level. Well, didn't, uh, I think Billy Joel did that, didn't he? Didn't Wasn't it when the kid was like 15 the, he was dating, dating like 15 a, years like, like No, like he was dating like a 20 year old. Like, yeah, it was very, very close. It's too close. It's just odd. It, the, the whole... Uh, well, I know. It's not right. It's kind of creepy to tell you the truth. I mean, I mean, he's Leonardo DiCaprio so nobody, like... If you're the girl, nobody's going to go, oh, you better yeah, dump him. But he could probably find a beautiful woman in I'm her sh- 40s. I'm sh- that's that's my point. But they have lots to talk about. That, that's my point, that he is, you know, well-known enough that he doesn't really need to be chasing after 19-year-olds. Maybe he needs to start hanging out at different places. Like, maybe he shouldn't go to the Chuck E. Cheese. He was the same age as her in 1993. <laughs> And that was a long time ago. It kind of puts it in perspective for you. Yeah. I don't know. Ashton, uh, in case you missed it, Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon had their red carpet premiere for the ne- upcoming Netflix movie Your Place or Mine. And photos are a little awkward. Ashton and Reese uh, kept their distance and just stood side by side with their hands to themselves. Even Mila Kunis, Kunis commented on how awkward it looked. Well, it turns out there's a reason for that. On the Chicks in the Office podcast, Ashton said, quote, here's the thing. If I put my arm around her and was, like, all friendly with her, I'd be having an affair with her. If I stand next to her and put my hands in my pocket so there's no chance there could be that rumor, the rumor is that we don't like each other. Reese and I are actually really good friends. We're really close. I don't have to defend that. He's actually kind of got a point. He's got a real good point because that's the way the media would see it. Well, that's all it is. All it is is a couple of snaps. if If he went to hug her. And then just in that mid-hug, maybe it looked like, you know, I don't know. It's just... You know, if if you and I had any kind of substantial notoriety, and we were followed by uh, the paparazzos of Springfield, mm-hmm. can you imagine the, the, the misinterpretation, distortion that the local media would provide? You know, 22, 40, Mass Live? Well, they, they get it wrong to begin with, so... I know! All the more reason to be concerned! Uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance will not have nudity other than shirtless dancers. Well, I'm and why would I even bother going? It was an intentional decision by Steven Soderbergh, 
In an interview with Rolling Stone, Steven said, quote, To me, it's about sexy. It's not about sex per se and whether the movie is explicit. That's, uh, there's not even a thong. What's sexy is intimacy and genuine emotion. Okay, this guy lost me yeah, somewhere. Yeah, listen, that's all anyone wants to see is you bare ass naked. That's I it. I just want to see chis- Well, you don't want to see him bare ass naked, but you want to see no. the cast bare ass naked. Right, exactly. Uh, Kim Kardashian uh, has a new hairstyle routine she showed off on Instagram reels yesterday. Really? Yeah. She must have had something to say. Oh my God, the last time I had uh, this much hair played with was when Ray J ate at the Burpuba Triangle. <laughs> and that sex tape you could purchase on YouPorn for $39.95. Here, it's dangerous down there. Oh, yeah. You could actually, he saw Sasquatch once. <laughs> <laughs> and Caitlin? Oh, I never got that down and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, gave my cervix cigar some ideas. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. My Quimsy NME. What are you trying to say? No, though, the Quimsy NE got penetrated by the 10 inch purple battery. Ah, okay. I didn't realize I it was going to be. There's some butterfly kisses going on there. Didn't realize there was going to be more to it. And uh, what are you trying to say? Uh, what I'm trying to say is my enchilada of love was gushing like a sewer pipe at Wembley. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was it after the Live Aid? Yeah, after the Live Aid concert. That's what it was. Sometimes I forget. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. As a former owner of one non-dividend paying share of Green Bay Packers stock, I have rarely been critical of the Green Bay Packers as either an organization, a team, or of their fanatically loyal fan base. When Fran, uh, Brett Favre was retiring and tiring and retiring again, was I critical of the guy? No, I was not. I saved that for when he was showing his penis off and sending pictures to sideline reporters. But by then, he was playing for the New York Jets and was no longer my concern. However, today, I find myself at a crossroads where my long-standing loyalties are being tested. And since I lost that one meaningless share of stock in the divorce, I feel compelled to share some of my thoughts. Yesterday, Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers announced that he is setting some time aside to assess his future in the NFL. His options are to continue playing football, continue playing football in Green Bay, continue playing football somewhere else, or walking away from it all and retiring. To make this decision, Rodgers announced yesterday that after the Super Bowl, he intends to embark on a much-needed soul-searching introspective darkness retreat. For four days and four nights, Aaron Rodgers will sit in total darkness, where he will sit meditate and allow the universe to reveal itself in hopes of deciding what he should do. Now, to be fair, last night, I too found myself in total darkness. I've also found myself in a transcendent state in which my thoughts were overtaken by a period of meditative relaxation. I call this method night, during which I tend to fall asleep for lengthy periods of time only to be ritually awakened by the sound of a, an alarm clock. It restores my chakras, rejuvenates my juju, and allows me to reconnect with a heightened state of consciousness. I call this morning. And by repeating this process every day for several hours at a time, I'm able to make all kinds of decisions about my day. Oddly enough, none of those decisions involve how to conduct myself for the final seasons of my professional football career. Because at his age, I would have ended it by now. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. When does grilling season end? The answer is never. Grilling is a year-round sport, and Rocky's is your grilling destination. Weber, Traeger, Big Green Egg, the Uni Pizza Oven, 
plus all the grilling gear all year long. Available at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Spring. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612 in Whitesnake with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, sunny and 47 today, uh, rainy and 43 tomorrow. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, you placing the bets on the big game yet? Mm. You know, I'm not a gambler. Uh, as you know, I'm very tied uh, emotionally to the remaining dollars that I have. Yeah. And uh, so it's you know hard for me to just uh, go ahead and let it slip away. But... Did you realize that with uh, with gambling, sports gambling now legal yeah. around the country, they're expecting $16 billion to be bet for this Sunday's game? Hey, man, uh, I'm going down uh, to MGM sometime this week before uh, Sunday to make my Super Bowl bet. You doing it? Yeah. I, uh, and I, I'm not donating it to charity like uh, yeah, other no. people would get. I uh, I spent $5 to buy a square, and I'm not going to say which illegal office pool I decided to join, but I spent uh, five whole dollars. You know that illegal office pool? I believe I spent $40 on that. You did? Yeah. I only had $5. Oh, well, I knew that those squares were going to be for sale, so yeah. I prepared myself by bringing $40 with me, and I have eight squares now. Yeah. The, you know, eight times five is 40. I got that one down. <laughs> But then you start doing all that other complicated yeah. math, and oh, it really gets in the way. Yeah, when you have to uh, subtract and divide and, and multiply. And, yeah, right. Uh, I know. can't. Uh, I can't do that. Plus, you know, try to do the math based on odds. Forget yeah, it. No. Uh, so we already talked a little bit of, in Hollywood Trash about you know betting on whether the length of the national anthem will be over two minutes and five seconds or under two minutes and five seconds. You say who is it? Uh, Would you say Dirks Bentley or no? Uh, Gene Stapleton. Gene, uh, Jim Stapleton. <laughs> Gene Stapleton. <laughs> Archie, oh say can you see? Pipe down, dingbat. Will you? That would definitely take over two minutes <laughs> and five seconds. Would you? Who? Who was it? What's his name? Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton. Chris yes. Stapleton. Yes. <laughs> you sure it's not Gene Stapleton? Archie. <laughs> By the way, the Eagles play. <laughs> Anyhow, that would be a good. That would be a good remake. Uh, so yeah, you can bet on that. Uh, will there be a scoring drive that's shorter than the national anthem? The odds makers say yes. It's a little over sixty-four percent likely. I would. That, that's a decent bet. The un, yeah, two. I mean, two minutes is a long time. It can be. I yeah. mean, if you're at the end of the game and uh, you know you're reaching the two-minute warning, you got to drop it into the end zone. Uh, will a player record an octopus? Do you even know what an octopus is? I believe it is an eight-limbed animal that lives under the water. No, it's when the same player who scores a touchdown also scores the two-point conversion. Eight points. Get it? Oh, I see. It's like an octopus. Yeah, I would say that's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen. Don't waste your money on that's, that. That's If you're going to put like a, like a saw buck down on that, you might as well kiss your money goodbye. 93% likely it will not happen. Yeah, see, that's exactly my point. With both Jason, uh, will both Jason and Travis, uh, was it Kelsey? Kelsey. Uh, score a touchdown? One of them will. You can win big money on betting yes on this because the chances are less than 1% for both of them to do it. Both of them, uh, I don't know. That's asking a lot. Uh, will the, will, what song will Rihanna sing in her first halftime show? 
Uh, I'm going to guess it's going to be War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Nope, Don't Stop the Music has the best odds at 25%, and I don't think War Pigs would ever make the cut. It's too bad, because I'd really rather hear War Pigs. You know who does a great rendition of War Pigs? Cake. Uh, yep. Yeah. You know who also does another good one? Who? Uh, Faith No More does a great one. Faith No More. Faith No More. All right. Great version of War Pigs. Uh, what color eyeshadow will Rihanna wear? I'm going to guess corduroy. The odds say clear or none. 71%. Hmm. Uh, See about that. What will Eagles uh, quarterback Jalen Hurts uh, throw first? A touchdown or an interception? <sighs> if you're a Philly fan, good news. It's 73% likely to be a touchdown. I'm going to say a touchdown. And uh, will uh, which Anheuser-Busch product will get the first commercial? Bush Light. Got to go with the classic. 37% say Budweiser has the best odds. Yeah, probably. Although Bush Light, you got to admit, on a hot day, nothing is more refreshing than the taste of the mountains. Bush. Bush. Actually, that stuff was gross. Bush. <laughs> Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer is a long shot at 12.5%. Yeah, that's not going to be the first one. Yeah, I, I, it's probably going to be like a Clydesdale commercial or something like that. Yeah, and it's you know what the thing is, uh, even though the seltzer market is uh, growing and expanding by leaps and bounds, yeah. I still think you want to come out of the gates with the classic. Uh, who will make an appearance on stage with Rihanna? Uh, Jay-Z, Drake, Eminem, AS, uh, I don't know, ASAP, Rocky, or Ace, I don't even know how to say it, Future, T.I., or Kanye? None of them. It'll be the return of Gary Glitter. Definitely not going to be Kanye. I can't imagine them putting uh, Kanye West on no, the middle of the Super Bowl that. halftime show. After all of the, they wouldn't have put him on as a halftime entertainment for the Pro Bowl, which nobody watched. He's got some issues right now. Maybe, yeah, he, maybe he'll come out of that. Not this weekend. Not this week. Uh, the first Anheuser Busch brand commercial toy to run. Or wait a minute, what toy? The Who first. Wrote? Anheuser. Oh, no. Oh, okay. That we just asked that one. Okay. Which was the first Anheuser? Uh, sing national anthem. What? Is, oh, what is going to be? What color liquid will be the liquid that is poured on the winning coach? Blue, yellow, green, lime, orange, clear or water, clear or water, uh, red or pink or purple. I think it's going to depend on the team. If it's the Eagles, it'll be green. If it's the uh, the Chiefs, it'll be orange or red. Do they have? Do they do that? I don't know. I don't see why they wouldn't. Why shouldn't you? I don't know. That's what I would do. You gotta if your team is associated with a particular color, which in this case it'd be either green or orange or red. Mm-hmm. That's what you choose. Yeah. How difficult is it? You just go to a gas station, you grab yourself a bunch of Gatorade, you fill it up in the bucket. That's the bucket you you use when you win. Mm-hmm. And if you lose, and that's the the bucket you just kick down the street. I can't believe you can bet on all of this stuff. Who will the Super Bowl MVP refer to in his first speech? Uh, I am going to say God. That's the number one. Yep. With uh, or God or family. Usually it's God. Although I got to tell you, God is neither a fan of the Eagles nor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coaches, uh, second, and team owner is third. Yeah, that's uh, he's always the, yeah, the did, last guy you talk, you, you mentioned. Well, what you got? I don't I don't remember. That's the thing. You have to know how these speeches have gone before, because most of, you think about that. 
most guys who are watching the MVP, uh, you know, somebody win that yeah. MVP award, for years, you obviously see somebody else do it. You finally get to be the MVP. You've watched all those speeches. Now you know. I've already prepared this speech in my head. I've been wa- I've been wanting this for the last 10 years. You know, I would be so afraid I would screw up that speech. I would probably write it down and have it on, uh, you know, uh, like uh, copious notes. Like on, on index cards. I put it on my, my back pocket yeah. or in my jock strap. So if I wind up being the MVP, all yeah. I do is I whip it out, the notes. The note. And then I would uh, say my speech. So yeah, I can imagine that. Like, uh, can you imagine if Tom Brady had ever uh, like looked down at his crotch and pulled out a note? Yeah, and right. Said, uh, I just want to thank Giselle because that's where she belongs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, no, you, you wouldn't do that now. But he would say, "No, I'm just saying." I, I would like to thank God. I would like to thank my teammates. I'd like to thank my family mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Kraft. Yeah. Last. Yeah, you have to thank him last. Yeah, right. See, that's he is the one writing the checks, though. Well. Uh, he was the one that also showed Tom how to, uh, you know, uh, when your when your relationship isn't going well, head on down to a massage parlor down in Florida. It's Tom didn't do that though. If you noticed, he didn't. He didn't go to the, uh, the. How do you know that he didn't go? You don't think he was being trailed? His every move. How do you know that Robert Kraft wasn't the only one that just got caught? Maybe they were all going to that parlor. Well, maybe, but you would think that if they were going together as a group, they would have gotten a group rate. You want to pat my patriot? <laughs> you get it? You see what I did there? Yeah, the whole I know. Patriot thing? That's right. And there you go. There's your Super Bowl bets. It's 622 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Ordering ahead on the day. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 628 and ACDC with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, sunny and a high of 47 today. Rainy and a high of 43 tomorrow. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. Do you want to laugh? Yes. It's Bax and Nagel's joke of the day. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. On Rock 102. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Springfield's classic rock. Dating a blind girl. You are? Well, I mean, obviously. (laughs) She says to me the other day, she goes, man, you have the biggest package. And I'm like, come on, you're just pulling my leg. (laughs) <laughs> you get it? You get it? Because it's really blind and she doesn't get it. <laughs> Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples Home Buyers. There's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Agawam Junior High School will be closed today due to an alleged threat written in the bathroom. The Junior High School Administration informed parents and members of the school Tuesday evening in an email uh, that said uh, Agawam Public Schools has no reason to believe this is a credible threat at this time, but the Agawam police have been notified and are investigating the incident. Out of caution, the junior high will be closed today to allow Agawam police to fully investigate the threat found written in one of the bathrooms. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to see what the message is. I'm going to done blow this place up could mean a, many different things when you're in the stall of a bathroom. I uh, I know I this have blown ju- up a few bathrooms in my day. Yeah, this could just be simple vandalism. Not the way I do it. Uh, when students return to school, there will be an increased presence of police for safety measure. Anyone that has information about the incident is asked to call the Agawam police. I don't know. These things, uh, <sighs> these things are getting out of hand. I mean, you've written in a, in a bathroom. 
you know, I anytime I've read stuff on a bathroom wall, I always uh, I always look at it with a I don't know a certain level of uh, cynicism. Like I never want to believe what I read. No, you don't. Because there were some things written in my high school bathroom walls that I mean, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. I knew some of the people they were talking about, and none of it was true. Because I, I tried. I remember uh, going to uh, Holyoke Community College and uh, being in one of the bathrooms there and yeah. having a in uh, written in in Sharpie. Yeah, was. Uh, Pointing at the toilet paper dispenser that said, uh, HCC degrees, please take one. That's a classic. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know what? I should have because it wound up costing me like $6,000 to go there. <laughs> and you flushed that I money know. down the toilet. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> By the way, just so there are, there are no complaint calls later on, we fully support uh, our local community colleges, including HCC. Hey, I'm an alumna. I'm I an know alum. you are. Sure, yeah. I'm. Uh, and now look at you. You're 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 kissing the ass of success. Nobody and nobody ever uh, approaches me and says, "Would you like to come and show what a mediocre, mediocre, successful career looks like after graduating from a community college?" Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I graduated from Marquette for 150 bucks. I can get. Uh, in, in an alumni donation, yeah. I can get a pair of socks and then watch them lose to Connecticut last night. Yeah, they don't. They don't want. They don't want you. They only want your. They only want you. They don't want to recognize you, like fully recognize you, with a big giant donation. Like you oh, have that, to give a big giant donation for them to go. Oh, well, there he is. We've been looking for you. Well, I, I told you. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, the re- I think the primary reason why I've never been nominated for any kind of award with them mm-hmm. is due to the appalling lack of support I've given them financially over the years. Yeah. Oh, and mean, it really is embarrassing how little I've spent in alumni donations. How long did it did it take you to pay off those student loans? <laughs> Twelve years. That's all, that, and that's, that's on the no. short side. No, because back then it was, you were given 10 years, and I, I wound up consolidating all the loans. Yeah. It was supposed to be paid off in 20. Was it 12? It may have been like, like 12, 13, 14. We played it, paid it off before it was actually due. You, uh, you hear people who graduate now and will never, ever be able to pay off the loans that they got through their school. Yeah, which you know makes me think that if your kid is going to go and uh, become like a major in – let's say philosophy okay which is a major which there's a very very small amount of job opportunities for philosophers Mm -hmm. uh, these days and you send them to i don't know let's just say uh, harvard at nearly eighty thousand dollars a year Mm -hmm. you may be wasting your money spending that much money for a kid who wants to go into a philosophy career Oh, you never know. McDonald's ain't hiring a lot of uh, philosophers right now. With cheese or without cheese? That is the question. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe, how do you know there's not a philosopher? I remember, remember this mailbox, et cetera, place over here? I it's do. a UPS store, I think. Yeah. But years ago, when it opened up as the mailbox, et cetera, probably about 25 years ago, I worked at the pool store that was right next door to it that is no longer there. It's Panera Bread now. Right. Uh, and I remember talking to the guy who who ran the mailbox etc place uh, as just an employee who said he had a master's degree in applied mathematics. Working at a pool store? No, no, no. 
he was working at the mailbox. Oh, place. the mailbox. Yeah, okay. I, it was yes. just yeah, people you talk to, you know, the next store owner down. And, and he was not able to apply mathematics to that job. No, I. But I'm like, I'm like, what a weird, like, degree to get because, like, what can you do with that? Other than working on mailbox, etc. That's that was my point. Was like, well, what what do you do with that? And that was the time when, yeah. like, you know, jobs were were abundant. It wasn't like uh, you know we, we were in a tough economy or anything. Yeah. Uh, again, the, if you ever talk to a a, a philosophy major mm-hmm. and ask them, uh, you know, what kind of job they look to get look to find with that kind of thing, yeah. And then they start talking about, do jobs really exist? Do I really exist? Does yeah. my unemployment check really exist? Does yeah. I, do, do I have a bank account that exists? Yeah. I used to like philosophy. That was a good class. Yeah, but it wouldn't be something I would major in. No, no, no. But it's I mean, enough to It's make, interesting stuff, but it's like- It was good enough stuff to you know uh, contemplate while you're smoking a bone now. Listen, you know? there are actually more jobs in philosophy than there are in broadcast communications, which is what I majored in. Oh, is that what it was? Is that what you did? You were it's the a king more, of that. Yeah, it's a more lucrative opportunity. Uh, a teacher at Springfield's Renaissance School has been arrested on several charges, including aggravated rape of a child. According to Springfield Police Spokesman Ryan Walsh, 44-year-old David Werame of Florence was arrested 7 a.m. Friday, January 27th on uh, on Carew Street. He had been under investigation for several weeks by detectives assigned to the Special Victims Unit at the Springfield Police. The crimes allegedly uh, occurred around 10 years ago when Wurame was teaching at the now-closed New Leadership Charter School in Springfield. He's been charged with uh, multiple charges, uh, including <clears throat> aggravated rape of a child, in addition to the Springfield Police, members of the Mass State Police, Hamden County Sheriffs, and the uh, U.S. Marshals assisted in the arrest. Springfield Public Schools spokesperson Nizal Kavan said that Wurame has been placed on administrative leave since January 27th. Now, I know there's a lot of families that are saying, well, how did this, how did this guy get this job? You know, how was the, you know, uh, how was the school system uh, not able to see through this, uh, this guy? What you got to understand is a lot of the, and I'm being dead serious here, a lot of predatory uh, individuals are master manipulators and they know how to work a system to get what they want it's part of their predatory mm-hmm. nature so it's disturbing that this guy was able to get this job be have access to children and then be arrested for what he's accused of but if, if you apply what i just told you to uh to the way these patterns tend to work then you can see ah so that's how they worm their way into these systems mm-hmm. it's disturbing as hell and i'm glad they got this guy apprehended and hopefully off the street because it's uh, it's disturbing as hell. A uh, Massachusetts woman was arraigned from a hospital in the deaths of her three children. Lindsay Clancy is facing murder and assault charges after her daughter, five-year-old Cora, and her son, three-year-old Dawson, were strangled on January 24th inside their home in Duxbury, a coastal town about 30 miles south of Boston. Not that I needed to re- tell you where Duxbury was. The uh, pr- They were pronounced dead at a hospital. The uh, youngest seven-month-old, Callan, died several days later. A private funeral service was held for the children on Friday. Clancy attacked the baby before jumping from a second-floor window at the home. Uh, Emergency responders found her and the unconscious children with obvious signs of trauma. Her attorney on Friday received permission from a judge to be examined by a forensic psychologist for evidence of postpartum mood disorder. Uh, We've got a person who's suffered, who suffered 
grievously as a result of what possibly could be postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis. That is a very, very real thing. So and I, for anybody to dismiss that somebody doesn't go through that isn't paying attention very well. So I was watching uh, this hearing yesterday, and it's really, really, I mean, it's it, it's a terrible tragedy, but it's really, really interesting in, in the sense that, you know, the state is trying to make one case that this was a methodically planned, uh, you know, murder. The defense is trying to make the case that, okay, you know, here's a woman that was suffering from postpartum depression. She was placed on lots of different medication uh, and it wasn't helping. Uh, and that now she is in a situation where she's paralyzed from the from like the uh, the abdomen down. Mm-hmm. And they were arguing over bail, which in Massachusetts, as you know, is about flight risk yeah. and you know, reappearing in court. And the defense was arguing she's not going anywhere because she can't go anywhere and that she needs to have medical attention because she's in terrible shape and Mm -hmm. she's also a danger to herself. She's being arraigned in a hospital room. Yeah. And it was like, right. Zoom thing. And a a Zoom thing. It was uh, it was really fascinating. I mean, as, as terrible as this as this is, you're absolutely right. Postpartum depression you know, affects women mm-hmm. very differently. Some, All women experience it to a certain degree. Some are more severe than others. This woman sounds like, if you, if you believe the defense, it sounds like this woman, it was hitting her hard and hitting her real, real, uh, you know, aggressively. And so, yes, she was in danger of harming herself, certainly in danger of harming her children. And now you've got a situation where... You know, this woman is uh, you know, paralyzed and never getting better. Right. You know, it is she still has to face some sort of punitive measure. But, you know, where do you go with this? Yeah, you're, you can't you're ex- paralyzed can't ex- and you're you don't have your children anymore. And, you know, there's probably plenty of people out there that would say, well, she didn't love her kids. She killed them. That's not, no, that's, that's, not, not that's, nece- not it. that's not true. That's not necessarily true. I, I mean, I can't say that with 100% guarantee, but I can pretty much guess that that's not the case. Because I can't imagine you would have to be mentally ill or having suffering from some sort of psychosis in order to, to do something like yeah. that. I and keep in mind, I mean, you're hormonally, you're a wreck yeah. with postpartum. I mean, it's it's jumping all over the place. I mean, it, it it's it sometimes it takes a very long period of time before postpartum depression, you know, is able to subside. For some for some women, it's you know, it's completely altering. Uh, let's let's change the the, the tone here. Yeah, sure. Try to get a little happier happy. here. Uh, Taco Bell could have called this the big gas Mexican pizza because that's. What you'd end up with if you ate the entire thing. Taco Bell is selling an oversized Mexican pizza on Super Bowl, and the name they come up with includes a swear word. Which one? Big Gas Mexican Pizza. I don't hear a single uh, swear word. It rhymes with that. What rhymes with pizza? Gas. No. 
it's 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 ass. Is oh, Jesus, Steve. I what know, are you doing swearing I on know, this show? I know, I know. Put another well, dollar in the mouth. swear jar. Well, I was talking about a donkey. It's oh. made of donkey meat. I mean, <laughs> have you ever eaten at a Taco Bell? There's it kind no, of feels like it is. no proof of that. Uh, it's the size of an actual pizza, and it's meant to be shared. There's good news and bad news, though. Uh the bad news is you will not be able to order it, at least not this Sunday. They're only delivering them to a handful of people in Glendale, Arizona, where the Super Bowl is. All the people were chosen through Taco Bell's app last month. So why are they even promoting it? Why are you making this a promotional thing if you're not making it available yeah. to at least the country? Well, that's, you know? I, I mean, like, you had me for a moment where I thought, well, maybe I'm going to have to get myself to a Taco Bell for Super Bowl Sunday. The good news is they're giving out free regular Mexican pizzas all weekend if you order delivery through their app and spend $20. Okay. All right. Well, all right. I'll take yeah. a free uh, Taco Bell Try pizza. It. Um, I don't know. Kind of like the idea of a large one and, and a lot of flatulence. This, this is not something that I would want. It's not? No. I'm not even like a big fan of Taco Bell to begin with. I used to like Taco Bell when it was nice and cheap because it was nice and cheap. You know, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, there was a Taco Bell near my house or my school, actually. And uh, this girl that we knew got hepatitis from eating there. And it was like it was like this big thing, like a bunch of people got sick right. hepatitis from eating there. Never really had the, we never ate it that one ever again. Okay, and it's a hard, it's it's hard for me not to remember that now. Whenever yeah, but I that go. was like one instance of I one of, on one bad day at that particular Taco Bell. It's not like they have a special uh, hepatitis dipping sauce. I know it's just the mental thing about it. I guess. It's something scars you for it scars you for life, Bex. Listen, you know, Chipotle hasn't had a listeria outbreak in almost three years, oh, and I there think- are some people that won't go because one guy many years ago may have gotten listeria. Well, a lot of people got listeria that year. Well, they incorporated it into their menu. I was just at a Chipotle last week, and it says uh, you can either have the steak and cheese bomb or you can have the listeria <laughs> listeria burrito. <laughs> With extra cheese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. Sunny with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Classic Rock. It's 652 in Credence with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be sunny with a high of 47 today. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. But then Friday, uh, almost 60 degrees which is crazy. That is unbelievable. 32 right now in downtown Springfield. What's really amazing is, you know, here we are last week, you know, we're worried about wind chills of 35 below, and then seven days later, it's practically a beach day. Yeah. You know? A beach day. I love beach days. I do too, but, you know, the the beaches now are still a little bit too cold, even at 60 degrees. You know, uh, we got uh, quite a bit of uh, response on that video yesterday. That we put up of the uh, the toy that yes. we had from the uh, thing you can find that on, on Facebook. Um, you were you were just commenting to me off the air about one of the toys in that box was ninety nine bucks, which was that that stroker thing. Yeah. that you had. It's uh, it, the one it, that looks like the Amazon Alexa. It looks like an Alexa or a Yahtzee cup, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's uh, it is a toy that you use primarily on your own and i'm just thinking 
it's a ninety-nine dollars. Mm-hmm. I've been able to get through most of my life virtually for free, without uh, feeling like I've got money slipping through my fingers. Uh, I agree, but there are lots of people buying these toys all across the country. It's right. a multi-billion-dollar industry. Yeah, but you ever go into one of those stores? Yeah, like like go in yeah. and to do a little bit of shopping. Uh huh. Okay, so there are certain things you say, all right, I could see that, or I could see that, or mm-hmm. I could see that. But then there's a certain section of of uh, implements where you say, I would never use that. Yeah, but you know, even talking to one of those folks who works at those stores will tell you most of these are just funny pranks. Like nobody would sh- nobody would use. A four-foot arm with fingers. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, but but maybe they will. uh, I mean, I'm not saying that nobody would use that, but it's it's not. That's just like to have something. That's like having a big mouth Billy Bass on your wall. Hey, everybody, come over and look at the big mouth Billy Bass. Let it sing. Take me to the river, do you? To me, to me, something like that is the the kind of thing that really requires you know training and practice. Mm -hmm. It's like you know you wouldn't. You wouldn't fly a commercial airliner after spending one day at pilot school. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm going to leave that one alone, but go ahead. You've got to work your way up to this level of of flexibility and of, I don't want to say perversion because, you know, I don't want to judge. But some of these implements of pleasure right. Without, seem to be like almost physically harmful. What you're saying, to be clean about it, if you will. Yeah. It's like going to a chiropractor. The first time you go there, you're all bunched up and stiff. Yeah. And then by the 80th time that you go, like you do, yeah, uh, you're nice and loose on the table. And oh, dude, yeah. you have no idea. It's getting accustomed to it, is what you're really saying. Getting accustomed to somebody accustoming uh modifying your habits or body or whatever well, to get to that point where you're you're going to use this toy that you never would use normally perchance per but i wouldn't go to a guy who's cracking necks behind a dumpster outside of ihop i would go to a qualified professional i wouldn't necessarily go uh you know Take this as 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 it sounds. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go with the entry level chiropractor. I would go to someone who is qualified and has worked their way up to doing it on a professional level. Same thing with the sex toys. There are certain mm-hmm. things that I don't care who you are, you're not ready for. You are not ready for that kind of contraption. Something that requires at least seven to nine pounds of vulcanized rubber. You know what? Uh, this really has um, uh, kind of put a hamper on the Battery Boys thing because <laughs> those aren't like easily replaceable. Those are like uh, they're not battery charged. No, yeah, and, and then they're covered in silicones to keep them dry. Uh huh. So we don't have access to that kind of batteries. The Battery Boys. Well, but in in a situation like that, I think you need to provide you know cords and other materials. Yeah. So yeah, you know, let's say it's not battery operated, but you uh, need some sort of USB connection. We would have to come up with like backup toys. Probably, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you, you listen. You got to diversify what you do. You can't just do batteries. It's 
Got to be other services you provide. Well, I'm really glad we had this conversation. Oh, you have no idea at all. It's uh, 657 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Winter Storm Headquarters. Before and after the storm. Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, it's official. LeBron James just became the all-time leader in scoring machine in NBA history. Last night, as the Lakers are busy losing to the Oklahoma City Thunder 133 to 130, LeBron surpassed the mark set by Kareem Abdul Jabbar in 1989 with 38,387 points. By the end of the night, LeBron had a new all time points total of 38,390 points, a full three points higher than Kareem. If the dude never scores another point this season, he will still be the all-time leader in league history because the next closest active player in the NBA is Kevin Durant, who has 11, who is 11,706 points away. He's not even close. So as you know, I'm really good with numbers. So just to give you a little bit of perspective on what LeBron was able to achieve last night, here's some complicated statistical information that I was able to cull together for you. Get a load of this. Both LeBron James and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played 20 seasons in the NBA, but Kareem needed 1,560 games to score all 38,387 points. LeBron was able to do it in 1,410 games. That's a difference of 150 games. But since LeBron averages 30.2 points per game, and since there are only 27 regular season games left on the regular season schedule, that means that theoretically LeBron could end the season with an extra 815.4 points. And if you realistically added this career average and applied that to the mathematical disparity between the number of games played between these two guys, then LeBron could score an additional 4,080 points. Suddenly, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar looks like a bit of a slacker. Oh, sure. You can give me that whole thing about LeBron playing in a different era with different surrounding players in a vastly different league. You can give me all you want about how Magic Johnson, when he started playing for the Lakers, Kareem didn't need to score that many points. But if you're going to do a side-by-side comparison, which is what every uh, sports guy in America is going to do today, then what LeBron was able to do last night was make a case that he is still not as good as Michael Jordan, who along with Kareem have six championships apiece, whereas LeBron has only managed four, and none of you have matched uh, any of them close to Bill Russell, who's got 11 of them with the Celtics. Sorry, dude. I'll take the championships over the points any day. But hey, it of my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Among the painting crowd, Rachel at the Westfield Rockies is a has a bit of a following. She's an advisor in the paint department, loves helping people out with your with their painting projects. Good people, rock solid service, and if you're painting, see Rachel at the Westfield Rockies. I'm back, that's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 709, actually 710, and Foreigner with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Uh, sunny and a high of 47 today. Rainy tomorrow with a high of 43, but Friday looking good with a high of almost near 60. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about the uh, the, the marijuana yeah. up in uh, Northampton. This uh, story on Mass Live this morning, uh, well, it was from yesterday. Did poor data analysis mislead Northampton's Council on Cannabis? 
The premise seems simple. The city of Northampton had about a dozen dispensaries, far more than any other community in Hampshire County and among the most anywhere in the state. And data collected from across the county appeared to show the city's teenagers, banned by state law from buying cannabis at recreational dispensaries, were starting to use cannabis at a higher rate than their peers in towns with fewer pot shops. It was not inconceivable, some city leaders believed, that the two could be related. Acting in part on that premise, the Northampton City Council voted two weeks ago to place a new limit on the number of cannabis retailers allowed in Northampton. But their reasoning, experts say, may have been flawed. In voting to add new regulations to the local cannabis industry, some councillors indicated they were swayed by warnings from the public health officials of a worrying link between Northampton's high number of pot shops and a perceived increase in cannabis use by local middle and high schoolers. Economists specializing in cannabis, who also offered their testimony to the council, called this conclusion into question in interviews with Mass Live. The analysis the counselors relied upon was misguided, the economists said, potentially leading them to craft a new law based on faulty assumptions over the objections of the mayor and the city council president. Why not add the new regulation? Northampton Councilor uh, Rachel Mayor. Uh, ooh, Mayor is not the mayor. Oh, but she could, she could be at some point. Questioned at a city council meeting on January 9th, I think that 12 dispensaries is reasonable. I think that legal adults have reasonable, convenient access to their right to, uh, to cannabis. A former longtime counselor disagreed later in that same meeting. One of the important roles of the council is to make laws, but I discovered during my stints as a public official that something that's equally important is the responsibility to not, not make laws. That's Bill Dwight, who retired from the council last year after 18 years in office. He told the current city city legislators that a proposed law needed to be based on far more concrete evidence. The cannabis shop uh, limit, Dwight said, was a response to an emotional rather an irrational threat. Okay, well, that very well may be, but the the other thing is you do have too many of these pot shops up there. It's just like how many can you can you can you shove into one place? Well, it's it's interesting that this story comes out because the other day, and this would have been uh, two days ago, in the uh, in the uh, in the Gazette, there's a story about how the mayor of Northampton wants to add seven alcohol licenses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to the town. Now they have had a ca- a cap on liquor licenses in Northampton for a long time in order for them to get more it would need to be an act of the legislature interesting how they want they have no problem with that but yet there's many people that think the 12 is too many in in Northampton now it is a lot it is a lot I'll grant you that considering the size of the uh, the city of Northampton Mm -hmm. but isn't it interesting how on one hand you have an industry that everyone seems to have a little bit of concern about whether you can sustain that many pot shops. Yeah. But there's very little concern about whether you can sustain that yeah. many liquor licenses yeah, where, in town. Where's the, uh, who's, where's the health guy going, hey, you know what? Uh, all this even talk about liquor licenses, these kids are picking up smeared off ices left and right. <laughs> Listen, before we continue this conversation about marijuana licensure here in the city, I've built up a terrible thirst. Let's go to a bar and drink about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the same old argument. You know, why do we have, why do we treat marijuana, which is arguably a less dangerous substance than alcohol, Yep. Uh, when we don't really, I guess it's still because it's illegal federally. I think that's where it, where it really comes down to, because I don't... There's still that stigma attached to it that it's this bad, bad, bad thing. 
it's not it's not that the marijuana is the bad. It's the fact that you got twelve different businesses in in less than you know five yeah. square miles of each but, other. But we talked about this before uh, over the course of the last few months, specifically about Northampton and all these uh, all these dispensaries. The market is going to dictate which ones of these dispensaries survives and yeah. which ones do not. Today they have twelve licenses. Five years from now, are you still going to have 12 dispensaries operating in Northampton? Maybe, but the likelihood is that there's going to be a couple of them that don't survive you know, the, 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 the market. The, the market will dictate you know, who rises to the occasion and which ones go out of business, that like they would do in any uh, you know, part of the economy. But on the other hand, the outrage that some people have about the number as it exists now doesn't seem to bother anybody when it comes to liquor licenses. Now, Northampton is a city that's built a good deal of its reputation on restaurant businesses and bars and nightclubs right. and what have you, and they've been able to you know, get through a lot of that. But there's been a lot of controversy over those liquor licenses. And it, it's there's something somewhat hypocritical about saying one is okay, but one's a real problem. You're absolutely right. More people, you know, your lives are ruined by alcohol than they're ever going to be ruined by marijuana. But yet that's the way we operate because of these preconceived notions we have where it's okay to get drunk at, at, at uh, during lunch. It's not okay to be going to, you know, four or five dispensaries in a day. I, I'm not necessarily sure this particular argument would have changed the outcome of the vote. You know, I really don't. I think that no. I think there is probably enough people on that city council to go. All right, you know what? We're going to put a cap on this. How many we can do? Because it's just too much. If you didn't have licenses, you know, being you know handed out, if if that license didn't come with a certain level of, uh, it wasn't a commodity. Okay, how many stores do you think you'd have in Northampton? You probably have, you know, convenience stores selling it. You, you know prob- what I mean? You probably would. Yeah. It wouldn't be necessarily dedicated to one thing or another. I bet you that will eventually happen. It might, but again, ultimately, the market dictates yeah. where you're going to buy. As a consumer, you're going to go to either the place that's closest to you or the place that provides that provides the better product or service. And they're all providing pretty much the same product. So... Because it's all coming from the same place. Well, and that's you know that's the thing. Uh, you know, a lot. What I was saying uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, oh, there's only a finite number of growers in the state. All the all the marijuana sold in Massachusetts has to come from Massachusetts. Yeah. It can't come from California, you know, and all that stuff. It has to be grown and and made right here. Everything. So. You're if you only have a finite number of growers that have licenses and stuff, you're only going to have a finite number of products available. Right. And if you go and and go to the go on menus, go go look at some of these menus of some of these dispensaries around the area. A lot of them either sell the other person's product. Yeah. Or they're or there's, you know what I mean? Like they do sell others' products. Is right. What I'm trying to say. I don't know why that came out so difficult out of my mouth. Because you're high, aren't you? I am stoned right now. Yeah, of course you yeah, are. Yeah. yeah. You've been smoking all morning long. Yeah, I feel like somebody pounded me right in the stomach <laughs> with a stone. 
Um, but yeah, but you see what I'm saying though? No, I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. But I have no problem <laughs> with, you know, with the, the local locally grown product being sold in Massachusetts. I have I, no I, problem with that I whatsoever. Don't either. I either. Actually, I actually think it's a great idea. I'm just saying it's a repet- it's just repeated it's the same product being repeated sold throughout yeah. the state. See, if I were someone who wanted to buy who wanted to open up a dispensary, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to open up in a town that's glutted like Northampton. I'd want to open up a town in a town that doesn't have that. Yeah. Go to a place that Go to Huntington. Huntington need one. Yeah, we definitely need one there. You probably do. Uh, but I'm just, yeah, there is nothing in that area. I guess the closest one. There's one in Beckett, which is way out there. Yeah, it's like next to a bar, I think, or a cafe or something. I mean, I don't know of any that exist in uh, Wilbraham or Hamden, but you know, I, I would I would go Longmeadow would be a perfect place for a dispensary. Now I know a lot of people in Longmeadow would probably argue uh, with you on that one, but do you have any idea how many former hippies are living in uh, in Longmeadow that would love a dispensary? They could fill up the the back trunk of their BMWs or Mercedes Benzes with the, all that weed. There's always something opening up in that plaza down there. You can always find a spot. <laughs> listen you go to talbot's and then you go to uh, your you get your weed listen you if if you opened up a pot shop uh-huh. at the long meadow shops mm-hmm. you know and you called it cocked of the walk <laughs> that's a good one there you go yeah, you cocked like of the walk yeah, that would have been something uh, to think about mm-hmm. yeah. you telling me that you went to a dispensary in the long meadow and you didn't just uh, say, boy, I'm hungry now. I think I'm going to go to Max Burger and pile down like yeah. nine burgers in a row. Look, it's stimulating the economy. That's y- what yeah. it's doing. Ooh, look, the Batch Ice Cream Store. I, I I've been st- smoking weed all day. I have yet to see a restaurant or food stand capitalizing off of this. I would open up a hey. hot dog stand right outside a dispensary. No kidding. Or or if you're a nearby restaurant, go, hey, you just got your goods here? Come on in here. I've been telling that guy down at Richard's Grinders to do that in West Springfield for the last couple of years. I'm like, put it, because you come right out of the dispensary. It's it's in, you know, where Gate 9 is by the Big E. I sure do. It's behind Richard's. It's behind that plaza down there. It's all the way in the yeah. back. So on the way out, I said, put a sign right here going, now you're hungry. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Get one of these giant grinders. What good way to follow one of those joints that you got within a giant grinder? I get one of them big hot dog carts, right? Yeah. And I have a sign on it that said, weeds and weenies. That's what I would do. Weeds and weenies. Weeds I and like weenies. That. That's, yeah. that's it. That's uh, it. And, uh, I, and you, you, you probably make more money selling hot dogs by the dispensary than the dispensary is selling inside. Absolutely. Because who's? what kind of pothead doesn't want a hot dog? I know I want a hot dog, and you're yeah, and you're not even that high. It's only seven twenty one in the morning, and you got a whole day ahead of you of, of weed smoking and yeah, and I tinctures. Could, I can only eat two hot dogs right now. <laughs> I could eat four later while I'm really stoned. It's seven twenty two with Bax and Nagle on Rock one hundred two. Hi. Seven thirty one with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all electric Ionic five for twenty eight days. It includes insurance. Try it. 
before you buy it. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. New details have been uncovered following the arrest of a Springfield school teacher who has been arrested on multiple charges in connection with the alleged rape of a child. The reported crimes date back more than 10 years. Western Mass News also learned about more charges the teacher faces. Science teacher David Wereme is now facing a total of uh, 12 charges, including four counts of aggravated statutory rape of a child. The victim said that she was 14 years old when her teacher, <laughs> Wereme, sexually assaulted her for a year. Wereme, who was a teacher at New Leadership Charter School at the time of the alleged crimes, was taken into custody on January 27th. Western Mass News obtained court documents that shed light into the supposedly sexual relationship between the teacher and one of his students back in 2011. According to court documents, the victim also stated that she looked up to him as a father figure because she didn't have the best relationship with her dad. Then go on to say the victim expressed that Mr. Wereme used his position as a father figure to lead her on. The victim said that the two would spend time together after school and the relationship escalated slowly, starting with hand-holding, hugging, kissing when she was in eighth grade. Oh, my God. His next hearing is scheduled for May 2nd, according to the Springfield District Court. You know, if you ever read about how these guys manipulate and, uh, you know, how they worm their way into, you know, it could be, you know, into the, the kid's life or the family's life or whatever, and you realize how disturbingly predatory they are. And, you don't want to just you don't want to victim blame here because I mean there is a there is a naivete that 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 kind of you know, comes into this, but the manipulation is so profound that even the most sophisticated of us can easily be can easily be swayed in the wrong direction, right. and you just I mean you just got to be so careful when all of a sudden someone starts emerging into your life and starts you know getting you know, into it pervasively getting into uh the culture of your family or right. it's it's the more you read about this kind of personality type the more you say man how does this how does this happen yeah. and, and how do we prepare ourselves for this stuff uh after a lengthy deliberation the chicopee school committee has selected dr marcus ware of connecticut as their new superintendent where there where man there, there man. man. This came 10 months after former superintendent Lynn Clark all right, was arrested for allegedly making false <laughs> statements and sending threatening messages to a candidate running for the city's police chief in 2021. Western Mass News spoke with school committee member Tim Wagner, who was part of the ongoing discussions. He told uh, them uh, what went into a final decision being made. Well, we obviously spent months and months going back to the summer of last year, forming the search committee, getting the search underway. The Chicopee School District officially voted to select uh, Dr. Marcus Ware, an administrator out of Wyndham, as the new superintendent. This came after much deliberation. They keep repeating the same thing over and over again. Why yeah. do they do that? Because they've got space to fill, <laughs> and they don't want to get too deep into the Lynn Clark story. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, even though... We don't would, want to say why. That would, that would fill up an awful lot of time on the page. I believe it is now in our best interest. If he does accept that we should ask the school committee that I myself enter the negotiations with Mr. Ware for his next contract. That's according to Chickabee Mayor John View. Monday's meeting followed former Superintendent Lynn Clark's arrest by the FBI uh, for allegedly lying to them during an investigation. The acting superintendent since her arrest, Alvin Morton, was also a finalist for the job. Morton! This job is not for you! 
You are a mental case. Hardy, hard, hard. Uh, Dr. Ware was also a finalist to be the next superintendent at West Springfield Public Schools, but pulled out of the running. Uh, they did reach out to Dr. Ware, who declined to request for an interview, but also said in a statement in part, I'm thrilled to have been nominated and I'm honored uh, at the opportunity to lead the district. Yeah, they really don't get into the whole bits and pieces of what's going on with Miss Clark over there. And what's going on with that uh, case now? Where Where is that now? That's going to be one of those ones that doesn't even... You never. They're, they're, you're probably never going to hear that again. Doing like a plea deal and getting community service. Probably. It. That's not. Uh, this isn't like some high tech, top secret stuff. No, but it was such a salaciously hot story back then. You kind of want to know a little bit of detail. It What's was, going on now? It was somebody who had a bug up their craw. Yeah. Uh, because of a uh, an affair. Yeah, it's, well, uh, I'm going to show him. Still like to know what the hell happened. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll eventually hear. Listen, you're not. You, you, we're not going to. We don't get details on a fire that happened eight hours ago. Do you think we're going to get a detail update on what happened to Lynn Clark? Well, no, but at least they promise. Well, uh, she's uh, working down at uh, Home Depot now. <laughs> that is going to be like, uh, got to be hard to get a job after <sighs> something like that. Especially since, like locally, yeah. yeah. Well, especially since, like, uh, you know, the superintendent of schools mm-hmm. is a really powerful, well-paying position and well-known person. Yeah, usually, usually, in the community, like in your town. Yeah, superintendent of schools usually pretty well-known individual. Uh, police break a few laws and in, and and break in a few mattresses along the way. Oh, All of a sudden, right. everybody knows who you're talking about. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, police have recovered a body they believe is the man who fled from a traffic stop over the weekend. Mass State Police spokesperson David Procopio said that a trooper stopped the 2003 Subaru Forester on Union Street, Union Street in Westfield near Eastwood Drive shortly after 12 a.m. Sunday for revoked insurance. The driver, identified as 20-year-old Yaniel Monsanto Maldonado of Westfield, ran from the vehicle into the woods near Union Street. A canine team went to the scene and conducted a track through the woods near Union Street, Powder Mill Brook, and the Westfield River. After searching for several hours from the ground and air, as well as checking his home, they were unable to locate Maldonado. Uh, investigators allege that uh, approximately 250 grams of suspected heroin was found in a fanny pack that was found in the car. Procopio added that emergency crews returned to the area on two day, uh, Tuesday to conduct another search, and a body, which matches uh, Monsanto Maldonado's description, was found in a stream in a wooded and swampy area near Union Street at around 11 a.m. Uh, let's see, uh, this one out of Palmer, uh, more than three years after a fast moving fire sent his tenants fleeing from a building in Palmer, Joseph F. Galuni Jr. is standing trial for multiple counts of arson and insurance fraud. The blaze swallowed up a six unit property at uh, 2002 Palmer Road and Three Rivers on June 4th of 2019. The fire erupted just after 830 a.m. that day when two of his tenants were home. Uh, on the, a man on the second floor alerted a woman on the first floor after his fire alarm went off. The woman fled through a side door, and a man narrowly escaped after retrieving his dog from the upper level. As the building became filled with smoke, all their belongings were incinerated. State prosecutors say Galuni, 66, a cousin of Hamden DA Anthony Galuni, 
uh, lit the fire himself while he was in dire financial straits. A trial began Monday in, in Hampton Superior Court with attorneys offering dueling versions of the blaze to a jury of seven women and eight men. The case is being handled by a Worcester County prosecutor to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interest. Uh, ADA uh, Joseph Simmons told uh, Galo- jurors Galuni set the fire with just days left before his insurance policy on the property expired. Mm. He bought the building for $30,000 and it was sorely in need of extensive renovations. So they're accusing him of uh, setting the fire. Neighbor surveillance video shows Galuni's blue yeah. Audi pulling up to the property just before the fire started. When he walked inside the garage where a pile of construction and renovations materials was stored, and then there's a flash. And then he leaves the garage. Now, I want to just go on a limb here and say that even though they're cousins, I'm going to guess that Anthony Galuni's not really getting too deeply involved in this. Like the uh, the the Patty du- Patty Duke, um, you know, those are the cousins. Yeah, the complete opposites. Totally, totally. Yeah, like what that cousin of mine does in his own time. That's his own business. I don't because I got a lot of cousins that uh, I don't uh, deal with very often. Mm-hmm. And when I hear they're doing something crazy, I just simply you know back up. Those are just cousins. You know what it is? It's like everybody's got family problems, mm-hmm. but not everybody's family problems make the news. Yeah, that's true. So I was like, that's got to be a tough, like uh, you know, going over Thanksgiving or something. Yep, cousin Joey <laughs> set his house uh, on fire. Well. Allegedly. Okay. Hear about Joey? What he did? Allegedly. It's got it's got it's gotta suck. It's gotta suck to have to do. Why can't you be more like your cousin Anthony? Anthony was elected to be the district attorney. I just uh you know Were you uh, were you elected to burn your house down? You know, watching uh watching a video of watching somebody like go into a place, seeing a flash and then leave, and then the place goes up in flames. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I was looking the other way. Uh, plans for a powwow and march in Indian Orchard during November's Native American Heritage Month have been put on hold. Why? The event was proposed to celebrate Native American art and culture. However, in an Indian Orchard Citizens Council meeting on Tuesday evening, there appeared, there appeared to be discord. Regarding the historical background of the Nimpuk and Pukumtuk tribe uh-huh. within the region, it is uncertain whether the Pukumtuk tribe is instinct. To uh, bring a clear representation of Native American tribes, the committee is pushing for possible education session and programs. To learn more and learn that we are all just students and that we are all visitors to this particular area, one thing I have learned is that you just can't put all that indigenous in one bucket. Every nation is so different from the other, said uh, Yolanda Cancel. That's interesting. Her name is Cancel. They've canceled the event. Interesting. Cancel adds that she is hopeful that the powwow could, uh, could happen down the road once more research is conducted. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I mean... She's got a point because why would you hold something just for the sake of holding something, you know, like a craft fair type of thing? Like you don't want it to turn in. You're, you're trying to, to celebrate the culture of the people. Right. If you're not doing it properly, then why are you even doing it at all? 
I kind of see her point on that. Because otherwise you don't want it to turn it into like some kind of thing that that's just like a craft fair or a or a bazaar, yeah. you know. On the other hand, you know, I don't know uh, enough about the history of uh, of Indian Orchard. I mean, I I I know you know, uh, the Regal Beagle had a couple of good years over there, and uh, there's that sausage fact, uh, you know, place over there, and the, uh, you know, Husky Pizza still does well. I'm just wondering, you know, I mean, I, I had no idea there was like a lot of Native American culture in that section of the, of, of town. Well, it's called Indian Orchard. Yeah, but that, I mean, that could be for any number of reasons. You never heard of the Pocumtucks? Hey, listen, 16 acres is bigger than 16 acres. Yeah, it's... Uh, Otherwise, you'd have people living on top of each other. It's like 17 or 18 acres. Bigger than that. You think so? Yeah, I do. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It is 33 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. This is Ryan... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 751. And John Mellencamp with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be sunny today with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. But uh, sunny and 60 on Friday. It's 33 right now in downtown Springfield. If you miss uh, any part of today's show, make sure you check out the Bax and Nagel Daily Podcast. to be available on rock102.com sometime after 10 o'clock, but also available wherever you find your podcasts, like Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and again on rock102.com. Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest Dave Roundtree, from the uh, <laughs> the band Blur, uh, he's got a, a brand new record out, which is actually fantastic, called Radio Songs, and they are touring again. So uh, Dave Roundtree from Blur on Baxi's musical podcast. I really didn't mean to let that one out like no, that. No, yeah. I'm glad it came from the top end. Well, yeah, uh, me, me too. Now hear this with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, let's see. Uh, clip number one, a passenger aboard a Delta flight from Orlando to New York City accused a flight attendant of telling his wife she had a stupid face after the couple <laughs> t- tried to use a first-class overhead bin. Here's Thomas Todd interacting with the flight attendant after the insult was allegedly made. I will turn this thing back. You got the wrong one today. So I have you on video saying my wife has a stupid face. So I, I Oh. You're not supposed to call someone, uh, you're not supposed to refer to someone as having a stupid face. No. Right? She did say, let me just, she doesn't sound like she's a little accent. You got the wrong one today. So I have you on video saying my wife has a stupid face. So I, I understand. See, does she have a stupid face? Do we have she, pictures? She might have had a stupid face, but the, uh, I mean, she's got like a Jamaican accent, the yeah. flight attendant there. What, I wonder if she uh, asked the uh, man if he hated happiness as well. Do you hate happiness? Do you hate happiness? <laughs> Your wife has got a stupid face and you must hate happiness too. Yes, there's a lot of things to hate there. <laughs> I hate happiness and you hate happiness too. <laughs> Moving along. Yes, yes. Uh, when you the Lonely Island? About the creep, about the online stalking thing? Oh, yeah. yeah. A new study shows that millennials and Gen Z have a pretty relaxed attitude when it comes to people stalking them online. In fact, over a third of them say they don't care if they're being stalked online as long as it's not happening in person. Uh, 
Do they realize that sometimes the online stuff <laughs> tends to lead to the real stuff? I don't think they do. Really? I don't think they understand that. Yeah. Well, oh. all, it all sounds good, but typically that's the first step. Oh, uh, Tim here, who I just uh, met casually last week uh, out uh, at, a, at a brewery. Uh, he's been messaging me online. He knows all of this information about my family. And yeah. I don't know how he's done that. He's... No, his last uh, his last DM asked if you want if I wanted him to be my roommate. For some reason, I'm getting an alert. There's an Apple AirTag in my car, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> I yeah. By the I, way, my bank account seemed to have yeah, been drained. Yeah. Again, doesn't that like you're right? Eventually, somebody turns <laughs> into it turns into a real life situation. Well, because at some point, just right. uh, you know, stalking you online just ain't enough for the obsessed. Uh... I don't want to. I well, I don't want to. I don't want to get involved. In yeah, you don't want to stalker hit. talk. Yeah, you, you you don't want to. Um, <laughs> you don't want to extend all your secrets. We've uh, we've had all our influencers. We have had our fill of of influencers on social media. Yes. Now it's time to hear from the D influencers. Have you heard about this? No. They're here to tell you about products you shouldn't buy. This girl calls out fragrances and clothing. She also repeats herself a lot. I do not see the point in owning a fragrance collection. Perfume is so expensive. Like, if you're a regular person like me, do you actually need 25 different perfumes? And they are so expensive. And it's just so expensive. Like, this is insane. It's so expensive. This one's easy. The Ugg boots. Don't buy them. They're going to be out of fashion just as quickly as they came into fashion. Also, they're so impractical. Brands like Aloe and so. Lululemon are so expensive. They're expensive. Like, I don't oh. see influencers wearing them all the time, but they are so expensive. They are so expensive. Lady, I can smell you from so here. So expensive. They are so... Why would you... Why would you need a perfume collection? No one needs a perfume collection. They are so expensive. You know what uh, bothers me about them? What? They're really expensive. Yeah, but you know, uh, I think the real issue is is the cost. They're very expensive. <laughs> but can you really afford to smell bad? Or are you that worried about it being too expensive? It's. I think it's just too expensive, Bax. I don't know how else to put that to you, other than <sighs> it being too expensive. It is expensive. Uh, let's see. Uh, we, we have time for another one? Sure, yeah. we can do another one. Here's a, a two-year-old out of Pennsylvania needed some help for some firefighters when she got an angel food cake tin stuck on her head. Firefighters were able to use <laughs> tin strips, uh, tin snips to um, remove the pan. Here's the child's mom, Erin Mixel. Uh, try being able to laugh about the ordeal now that it's all over. She wore it kind of like a shawl around her shoulders until the fireman got there. Uh, <laughs> she was a trooper. Uh, she was uh, still able to eat and drink uh, while she had this tin. Oh, God. You know, if I had a mom laughing like that, I'd probably want to choke myself with a tin, <laughs> cake tin, too. You know, there's a, there's a whole, like, subreddit on Reddit that that's called kids are effing stupid. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, and it, it's like it's just all of these things of like kids doing things like this, like real stupid of, stuff. Yeah, getting stuck in things, getting scared by things. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, inter- the internet. Nothing makes me laugh at an internet video of children getting hurt. Right. It's uh seven fifty seven. It is uh, Bax and Nagel, and that was now hear this on Rock one hundred two. Oh yeah. Critical of the guy? No, I was not. I saved that for when he was showing his penis off and sending pictures to sideline reporters. But then he was playing for the New York Jets at the time and was no longer my concern. However, today I find myself at a crossroads. 
where my long-standing loyalties are being tested. And since I lost that one meaningless share of stock in the divorce, I feel compelled to share some thoughts. Yesterday, Green Bay Packer quarterback Aaron Rodgers announced that he is setting some time aside to assess his future in the NFL. His options are to continue playing football, continue playing in Green Bay, continue playing somewhere else, or walking away from it all and retiring. To make this decision, Rodgers announced that after the Super Bowl, he intends to embark on a much-needed, soul-searching, introspective darkness retreat. For four days and four nights, Aaron Rodgers will be in total darkness, where he will sit, meditate, and allow the universe to reveal itself in hopes of deciding what he should do. Now, to be fair, last night, I found myself too uh, in total darkness. I also found myself in a transcendent state in which my thoughts were overtaken by a period of meditative relaxation. I call this method night during which I tend to fall asleep for lengthy periods of time, only to be awakened by the sound of an alarm clock. It restores my chakras, rejuvenates my juju, and allows me to reconnect with a heightened sense of consciousness. I call this morning. And by repeating this process every day for several hours at a time, I'm able to make all kinds of decisions about my day. Oddly enough, None of those decisions involve how to conduct myself for the final seasons of my professional football career, because at his age, I would have ended it by now. But hey, and if my yappin' sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, when does grilling season end? Maybe after football's done? No. Grilling is a year-round sport, and Rocky's is your grilling destination. Weber, Traeger, the Big Green Egg, the Uni Pizza Oven, all the grilling gear all year long at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 38 tomorrow. Rainy with a high of 43. It's 34 right now in downtown Springfield. You have uh, first world problems? Do I have first world problems? Yeah. I don't know. I think my problems are uh, you know, pretty remarkable and uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, pretty serious stuff. Well, the idea that people complain about something, mm-hmm. but it's like, come on. Everybody deals with this. You're not the only one. It's not that big of a deal. Uh, why are you making a big deal out of it? Because it's a big deal for you. And if right. it's a big deal for you, that's the only thing you can think of. There's a new study out which uh, <laughs> produced a list of the most common everyday dramas that we all endure. Right. Most of them are minor, but you know how they can derail a decent chunk of the day. Here's the top ten. Being stuck in traffic. You're going to find this hard to believe. Uh, I am not so bothered by uh, traffic problems because typically we don't have a whole hell of a lot here we don't and we're actually we live we're very lucky to live in an area where we don't experience the metro traffic that other cities might face yeah you go to like anywhere where there's a high population of people like boston or new york or mm-hmm. providence or any of those places like the traffic lights are longer, you're waiting all the time. I mean, you t- it takes like you the congestion. Yeah. I mean, let, let's let, you know, we there's always going to be jerks on the road. We have plenty of jerks who live here in Western Massachusetts. I'd be happy to name a few of them, but let me move on. Uh, but most of the time, the biggest delay you're going to have twenty minutes, maybe, and that's on a really bad day, right? I'm a real bad day. I, I'm behind 20 minutes. I'm stuck in traffic. I'm really, uh, I, I was down in, uh, I, t- I think I told you this, Atlanta, uh, down where my sister lives, and having to drive two miles would take 25 minutes 
to drive two miles. Mm-hmm. You could walk there almost as much, you know, fa- yeah. almost as fast or faster than it would be to drive to it. You could walk there yeah. and then walk back to your car. How about uh, spilling something on your clothing, like food, drinks, makeup, or toothpaste? I do this nearly every single day of too. my life. I do. I don't own a shirt that does not have a stain or need to be uh, spotted. Even this one's got a little little stain right below the. This uh, this shirt that yeah. I'm wearing now, yeah. it, you know, it's like a real comfortable shirt. I had a big fat stain on it for weeks. Finally got out of it. Yeah. Finally get rid of it, and now I'm wearing the shirt again. Very happy to do it. But you'll be damned uh, to find a single shirt or a pair of pants that don't have uh, some sort of stain in it. Mm-hmm. Ironically, my underpants and socks stain free. I I find that hard to believe. I'm telling you. Uh, number three, dropping and smashing something fragile accidentally. Yeah, I don't like that. You ever have to, like, uh, know how much something costs only because you broke it? <laughs> you ever run into a situation like that? Uh, where, uh, I, I had to replace something because it cost uh, this much. Well, thankfully, if it's uh, my own stuff, I kind of know what it costs, but, uh, I don't necessarily break a lot of other people's things. I break all of my own things. I don't break other people's things. I had uh, somebody once knew that actually hit my this is years ago hit my car and damaged the panel on it. Yeah, I had a, like it was a new. I had a newer car, and they didn't. And they're like, "Well, look, uh, can you, you know, find out how much it would be, and I'll just pay you the money rather than us file a claim with the insurance." Well, it only took about two days for the price of the part to come back, and they're like, "I think we're going to have to go through insurance with this." Because it's just like, it's too expensive. I didn't realize, a you know, a side little tiny little panel uh, on a Jeep Grand Cherokee was like $600. It was oh, yeah. this ridiculous like, amount of money for a little tiny piece. That's how you find out. That's how you find out. Uh, waking up late. I hate waking up late. I hate it too. It, 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 even though you are sleeping more, it makes you exhausted for the rest of the day. Ruins everything. Spilling something on the carpet. That means two things. <laughs> um, yeah, spilling something on the carpet. I'm not, uh, I can handle that. I guess it depends on what it is and, you know, what got spilled onto the carpet and how messy it is. Is it? If it's like, yeah, if you I, okay. spill like powder, let's say you spill flour on the floor. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but it could easily be cleaned up with a vacuum cleaner. Right. Now, if you spill, uh, I don't know, uh, hydrochloric acid, fish guts from yeah, your trash right. bag, because yeah. you just gutted all your fish from your fishing trip. Bong water. Bong water. You'll never get that out. It smells good, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. There's people that drink that stuff. Oh, my God. It's I, the I, worst. I, I was like, I remember uh, somebody telling me that in high school. Like, yeah, man, he drank bong water. And then, like, as you get older, you realize. Oh, that really doesn't do anything to you. Like, it doesn't have enough THC yeah. in it to get you messed up. It's just gross. The carcinogens that came out of the burnt marijuana. <laughs> uh, burning food while cooking. Unless you're intentionally doing that. Um, where you have to crisp something up. I don't, I don't like ruining dinner. I don't like ruining dinner either. Because you spend all that time and all that expense of putting together a nice dinner, and you ruin it, and it's like, ah, damn it. You know, I made uh, pasta last night. I made spaghetti last night. Okay. Very high-end dinners at my house. Sure. Uh, pasta in a box. 
I'm learning more about like the way pasta is cut and like how to cook it properly. Mm-hmm. And like for years, because I was just taught this way to put a, like a teaspoon of olive oil in the uh, in the pot. You're not supposed to do that. No. And do you know why you're not supposed to do that? Because it puts a film on the pasta, which then in turn doesn't let the pasta soak up whatever sauce you're putting on it yes. properly. The other thing is that the uh, the pasta water yeah. itself is often used in the sauce for the pasta. Pasta water is valuable. Really? Oh, yeah. You're making something like a, like a pasta... And, uh, and, uh, like, well, just, let's just say, like, a, for an, an Alfredo sauce, mm-hmm. you add a little bit of that pasta water, you smooth out that whole sauce. It's like it's given to, it's being kissed by angels. Oh, is it really? I'm telling you, it's a big thing. I'll have to try that next Always time. keep it like about a cup, maybe a cup and a half of, mm. uh, pasta water before you incorporate everything. So add it to after, I mean, you've obviously already made the sauce. Well, you ever, I mean, you ever have like a, like pasta and it's all clumped together? Yeah. Yeah, you know, like like in the sauce or whatever. You want it smooth. A L- little bit of pasta water separates everything, makes the sauce nice, nice and delicious. Who would have thought I would have learned this uh, information? Salt the living bejesus out of the water, though. It's the only thing you should be putting in the water. So, Salt and it and and the pasta. So here's my little thing that I do sometimes. I use chicken stock, chicken broth. You could do that too. I all depends boi- on what you're making. Boil it in the if just making like regular spaghetti. There you go. Uh, now you're doing it. And bronze cut. Have you heard all this stuff about pasta? We could have a whole segment about pasta. <laughs> bronze cut pasta. Do what you know is what that? that is? No. It's like the I learned about this from at uh, Highbrow. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they didn't they didn't explain what it was, but I had to go look uh, to find out what it was. It was the way the pasta is cut by this machine, this bronze, it was, you know, cut in bronze. It's to like aerate it so the sauce goes into the pasta. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But not every pasta does that. So I'll be damned. One's you know, uh, it's a it's a perforated metal plate that shapes pasta. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, no, I've seen that. And yeah. it's supposed to cut like enough slits in the pasta that it to holds let the, the sauce. sauce. That's right. Yeah, that's that's See. the way it should go, man. Uh, all right, move on to the yeah. next one. Uh, tipping, or I'm sorry, tripping and stumbling or falling over in public. Yes, I, I, I don't. I, that doesn't bother me that much. That embarrasses me when I do that. When you trip on, you know, you trip. You've tripped on something before. That oh you, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, uh, and then you look around. There's nobody there. Nobody pushed you. There, like you just tripped over yourself. Yeah. I mean, I used yeah. to. I used to. Uh, I always used to like pretend to trip, like a you know, to, to, for the laugh. But oh then, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I was young, but you know, like you know, yeah, the knees, the feet, oh. yeah, the damage, the physical pain it takes to to sometimes uh, do the uh, the physical comedy. Almost too much to bear. That takes. The I stopped doing bones it. After a while. Yeah, I know. Uh, a pan of boiling water bubbling over. I do hate that. It's a pain, but, you know. Again, these aren't supposed to be, like, you know, life-stopping things. It's just yeah, but I could get over little that. drama. I could get life. over that. Uh, struggling to find a parking space. Yeah, I don't even do this. I don't. I park. If it's like a busy Walmart or a grocery store or anything like that, right? You just park at the end. You're gonna be walking anyway. You might as well just keep walking. I prefer to get <clears throat> what we call the fat spot. Yeah, and that is like right by the door. 
But that's to me. What, how if, much time are you willing to waste looking for a parking space or waiting for somebody to come out of the store when you could easily just walk not the extra two minutes to get back into the store? Not long, because I do have a certain level of impatience. But if I see that spot, I'm taking it. If I have to go like a mile and a half for the between me and the front door of wherever I'm going, uh, then you know I I I do that begrudgingly. I remember seeing a study on that years ago, and it's. It's about seven minutes. The wait time is about seven minutes before somebody eventually who's in that upper front row yep. or one of those front rows, like in a big parking lot, is going to come out and then you're going to move. I would say that my percentage of getting that fat spot is is pretty damn good. I do. I have a lot of luck that way. That and parallel parking. I, I'm an exceptional parallel parker. I can't do anything else behind the wheel of a car, but I can park a car beautifully. Isn't that weird how you have that one thing you can the do? The one thing I can do right. You can't drive for crap. You have no sense of direction whatsoever. And then uh, finally. No situational awareness. But you put me between two cars on a park, on a, on a, on a sidewalk, and I'm I'm doing it. And uh, finally, being late for work. That's a that's a huge one. Yeah, too. I don't like that one either. Anyway. Well, I mean, you, you got to be late for work. Uh, <laughs> I've never been late for work. Before. No, never. no. You've never. Ever. You, You've never ever. showed up like four or five minutes late. Ever. Never. Never. Not I that never, I can recall. I never walked into a bit uh, four minutes into it either. <laughs> well, I've known people who have done that. And I wasn't even late for work. <laughs> it's uh, it's 821 at Rock 102. GG. It's just about 833 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Rent the all-electronic, uh, oh, excuse me, all-electric Ionic 5 for 28 days. and includes insurance. Try it. Before you buy it, here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. Agawam Junior High School will be closed today due to an alleged threat written in the bathroom. The Junior High School administration informed parents and members of the school Tuesday evening in an email uh, that said uh, Agawam Public Schools has no reason to believe this is a credible threat at this time, but the Agawam police have been notified and are investigating the incident. Out of caution, the junior high will be closed today to allow Agawam police to fully investigate the threat found written in one of the bathrooms. I, I don't know. I mean, you have to see what the message is. I'm going to done blow this place up could mean a, many different things when you're in the stall of a bathroom. I uh, I know I this have blown up a few bathrooms in my day. Yeah, this could just be simple vandalism. Not the way I do it. Uh, when students return to school, there will be an increased presence of police for safety measure. Anyone that has information about the incident is asked to call the Agawam police. I don't know. These things uh, these things are getting out of hand. I mean, you've you, written in a, in a bathroom. You, you know, I, anytime I've read stuff on a bathroom wall, I always, uh, I always look at it with a, I don't know, a certain level of uh, cynicism. Like, I never want to believe what I read. No, you don't. Because there were some things written in my high school bathroom walls that, I mean, I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I knew some of the people they were talking about, and none of it was true. Because I, I tried. I remember uh, going to uh, Holyoke Community College and uh, being in one of the bathrooms there and yeah. having a in uh, written in in Sharpie. Yeah, was uh, pointing at the toilet paper dispenser that said uh, HCC degrees. Please take one. That's a classic. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know what? I should have because it wound up costing me like six thousand dollars to go there. <laughs> and you flushed that money down the toilet. Uh, yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> By the way, just so there are there are no complaint calls later on, we fully support 
uh, our local community colleges, including HCC. Hey, I'm an alumna. I'm I an know alum. you are. Sure. You I'm have, uh, and now look at you. You're 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 kissing the ass of success. Nobody and nobody ever uh, approaches me and says, "Would you like to come and show what a mediocre, mediocre, successful career looks like after graduating from a community college?" Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I graduated from Marquette for 150 bucks. I can get uh, in, in an alumni donation. Yeah. I can get a pair of socks and then watch them lose to Connecticut last night. Yeah, they don't. They don't want. They don't want you. They only want your. They only want you. They don't want to recognize you, like fully recognize you. With a big giant donation, like you oh, have that, to give a big giant donation for them to go. Oh, well, well there he is. We've been looking for you. Well, I, I told you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, uh, the reason I think the primary reason why I've never been nominated for any kind of award with them mm-hmm. is due to the appalling lack of support I've given them financially over the years. Yeah, oh, and it really is embarrassing how little I've spent in alumni donations. How long did it did it take you to pay off those student loans? 12 years and that's that's on the no. short side no because back then it was, you were given 10 years and i i wound up consolidating all the loans yeah it was supposed to be paid off in 20 with the 12 it may have been like like 12 13 4 we played it up paid it off before it was actually due yeah you, uh, you hear people who graduate now and will never ever be able to pay off the loans that they got through their school. Yeah, which you know makes me think that if your kid is going to go and uh, become like a major in, let's say, philosophy, okay, which is a major, which there's a very, very small amount of job opportunities for philosophers mm-hmm. uh, these days, and you send them to, I don't know, let's just say uh, Harvard at nearly $80,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You may be wasting your money, spending that much money for a kid who wants to go into a philosophy career. Hey, you never know. McDonald's ain't hiring a lot of uh, philosophers right now. With cheese or without cheese? That is the question. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe, how do you know there's not a philosopher? I remember, remember this mailbox, etc. place over here? I it's do. a UPS store, I think. Yeah. But years ago, when it opened up as the mailbox, etc., probably about 25 years ago, I worked at the pool store that was right next door to it that is no longer there. It's Panera Bread now. Right. Uh, and I remember talking to the guy who who ran the mailbox, etc. place uh, as just an employee who said he had a master's degree in applied mathematics. Working at a pool store? No, no, no. He was working at the mailbox Oh, place. the mailbox. Okay, I, It was yes. just you know, people you talk to, you know, the next store owner down. And he was not able to apply mathematics to that job? No, I. but I'm like, I'm like, what a weird, like, degree to get. Because, like, what can you do with that? Other than working a mailbox, etc. That's what that was my point. Was like, well, what what do you do with that? And that was the time when, yeah. like, you know, jobs were were abundant. It wasn't like uh, you know we, we were in a tough economy or anything. Yeah. Uh, again, the, if you ever talk to a a, a philosophy major mm-hmm. and ask them, uh, you know, what kind of job they look to get look to find with that kind of thing, yeah. And then they start talking about: Do jobs really exist? Do I really exist? Does yeah. my unemployment check really exist? Does yeah. I, do, do I have a bank account that exists? Yeah, I used to like philosophy. That was a good class. Yeah, but it wouldn't be something I would major in. 
No, no, no. But it's I mean, enough. It's to make, interesting stuff. But it's like it was good enough stuff to you know uh, contemplate while you're smoking a bone. Now, listen, you know? there are actually more jobs in philosophy than there are in broadcast communications, which is what I majored in. Oh, is that what it was? Is that what you did? <laughs> you were it's the a more, king of that. Yeah, it's a more lucrative opportunity. Uh, a teacher at Springfield's Renaissance School has been arrested on several charges, including aggravated rape of a child. According to Springfield police spokesman Ryan Walsh, 44-year-old David Werame of Florence was arrested 7 a.m. Friday, January 27th on, uh, on Carew Street. He had been under investigation for several weeks by detectives assigned to the Special Victims Unit at the Springfield Police. The crimes allegedly uh, occurred around 10 years ago when Werame was teaching at the now-closed New Leadership Charter School in Springfield. He's been charged with uh, multiple charges, uh, including aggravated rape of a child, in addition to the Springfield Police, members of the Mass State Police, Hamden County Sheriffs, and the uh, U.S. Marshals assisted in the arrest. Springfield Public Schools spokesperson Nazal Kavan said that Werame has been placed on administrative leave since January 27th. Now, I know there's a lot of families that are saying, well, how did this, how did this guy get this job? You know, how was the, you know, uh, how was the school system uh, not able to see through this, uh, this guy? What you got to understand is a lot of the, and I'm being dead serious here, a lot of predatory uh, individuals are master manipulators and they know how to work a system to get what they want it's part of their predatory mm -hmm. nature so it's disturbing that this guy was able to get this job be have access to children and then be arrested for what he's accused of but if, if you apply what i just told you to uh to the way these patterns tend to work then you can see ah so that's how they worm their way into these systems mm -hmm. it's disturbing as hell and i'm glad they got this guy apprehended and hopefully off the street because it's uh, it's disturbing as hell a uh, massachusetts woman was arraigned from a hospital in the deaths of her three children lindsey clancy is facing murder and assault charges after her daughter five-year-old cora and her son three-year-old dawson were strangled on january 24th inside their home in duxbury a coastal town about 30 miles south of boston not that i needed to tell you where Duxbury was. The, uh, pr they were pronounced dead at a hospital. The uh, youngest seven-month-old, Callan, died several days later. A private funeral service was held for the children on Friday. Clancy attacked the baby before jumping from a second-floor window at the home. Uh, emergency responders found her and the unconscious children with obvious signs of trauma. Her attorney on Friday received permission from a judge to be examined by a forensic psychologist for evidence of postpartum mood disorder. Uh, we've got a person who's suffered who suffered grievously as a result of what possibly could be postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis. That is a very, very real thing. So and I, for anybody to dismiss that somebody doesn't go through that isn't paying attention very well. So I was watching uh, this hearing yesterday, and it's really, really, I mean, it's it, it's a terrible tragedy. But it's really, really interesting in in the sense that, you know, the state is trying to make one case that this was a methodically planned, uh, you know, murder. The defense is trying to make the case that, OK, you know, here's a woman that was suffering from postpartum depression. She was placed on lots of different medication uh, and it wasn't helping. Uh, and that now she is in a situation where. She's paralyzed from the from like the uh, the abdomen down. Mm -hmm. 
and they were arguing over bail, which in Massachusetts, as you know, is about flight risk and you know reappearing in court. And the defense was arguing she's not going anywhere because she can't go anywhere and that she needs to have medical attention because she's in terrible shape and Mm -hmm. she's also a danger to herself. She's being arraigned in a hospital room. Yeah, and right. it was all like right in a Zoom thing, in a, in a, yeah. a Zoom thing. It was uh, it was really fascinating. I mean, as as terrible as this as this is, you're absolutely right. Postpartum depression you know, affects women mm-hmm. very differently. Some all women experience it to a certain degree. Some are more severe than others. This woman sounds like if you if you believe the defense. It sounds like this woman, it was hitting her hard and hitting her real, real, uh, you know, aggressively. And so, yes, she was in danger of harming herself, certainly in danger of harming her children. And now you got a situation where, you know, this woman is, uh, you know, paralyzed and never getting better. Right. You know, it is, she still has to face some sort of punitive measure, but, you know, where do you go with this? Yeah, you're, you can't you're ex- paralyzed can't ex- and you're you don't have your children anymore. And you know, there's probably plenty of people out there that would say, "Well, she didn't love her kids. She killed them." That's not no, that's, that's not, not that's, nece- not that's not true. That's not necessarily true. I I mean, I can't say that with 100% guarantee, but I can pretty much guess that that's not the case because I can't imagine you would have to be mentally ill or having suffering from some sort of psychosis in order to to do something like yeah. that I and keep in mind i mean you're hormonally you're a wreck yeah with postpartum i mean it's it's jumping all over the place i mean it, it it's it sometimes it takes a very long period of time before postpartum depression you know is able to subside for some for some women it's you know it's completely altering uh, let's let's change the the, the tone here. And, yeah, and sure. Try to get a little happier, happier here. Uh, Taco Bell could have called this the big gas Mexican pizza because that's what you'd end up with if you ate the entire thing. Taco Bell is selling an oversized Mexican pizza on Super Bowl, and the name they come up with includes a swear word. Which it, one? Big gas Mexican pizza. I don't hear a single uh, it rhymes swear word with that. What rhymes with pizza? Gas. No. It's 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 ass. Is oh, the Jesus, Steve. I what know, are you doing swearing I know, on this show? I know, I know. Put another the dollar in the mouth. swear jar. Well, I was talking about a donkey. It's oh. made of donkey meat. I mean, <laughs> have you ever eaten at a Taco Bell? There's it kind no, of feels like it is. No proof of that. Uh, it's the size of an actual pizza, and it's meant to be shared. There's good news and bad news, though. Uh the bad news is you will not be able to order it, at least not this Sunday. They're only delivering them to a handful of people in Glendale, Arizona, where the Super Bowl is. All the people were chosen through Taco Bell's app last month. So why are they even promoting it? Why are you making this a promotional thing if you're not making it available yeah. to at least the country? Well, that's, you know? I, I mean, like, you had me for a moment where I thought, well, maybe I'm going to have to get myself to a Taco Bell for Super Bowl Sunday. The good news is they're giving out free regular Mexican pizzas all weekend if you order delivery through their app and spend $20. Okay. All right. Well, all I can right. take a free uh, Taco Bell Try pizza. It. Um, I don't know. 
kind of like the idea of a large one and, and a lot of flatulence. This, this is not something that I would want. It's not? No. I'm not even like a big fan of Taco Bell to begin with. I used to like Taco Bell when it was nice and cheap because it was nice and cheap. You know, uh, when I was a teenager, uh, there was a Taco Bell near my house or my school, actually. And uh, this girl that we knew got hepatitis from eating there. And it was like it was like this big thing, like a bunch of people got sick right. hepatitis from eating there. Never really had the we never ate at that one ever again. Okay. And it's a hard it's it's hard for me not to remember that now. Whenever yeah, but I that go. was like one instance of I one of, on one bad day at that particular Taco Bell. It's not like they have a special hepatitis dipping sauce. I know. It's just the mental thing about it, I guess. It's something scars you for it scars you for life, Bex. Listen, you know, Chipotle hasn't had a listeria outbreak in almost three years. Oh, and I there think- are some people that won't go because one guy many years ago may have gotten listeria. Well, a lot of people got listeria that year. Well, they incorporated it into their menu. I was just at a Chipotle last week and it says uh, you can either have the steak and cheese bomb or you can have the listeria <laughs> listeria <laughs> burrito. <laughs> With extra cheese. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your Pioneer Valley forecast today. Sunny with a high of 47. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 43. It's 32 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock. Hi, I'm Jeff Serrett from Serrett Ford Lincoln and Aguam. And right now, we have inventory. Serrett Ford Lincoln and Aguam, and it's Serrett Ford. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 856 and the Black Crows. On Rock 102, it's going to be partly cloudy today, a high of 47. Tomorrow, there may be a little bit of rain, but it's going to be cloudy with a high of 43. It's about, ooh, I don't know, 37-ish or so. So get a load of this. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds have now cranked out like eight wins in a row. Their next game is uh, on Friday night on the road against the Rochester Americans. We're going to talk about uh, that and their four-game road trip which is coming up with Nate Costa tomorrow from the Springfield Thunderbirds. It's been a while since we've had him in the studio, and he'll be joining us tomorrow after 8 o'clock. So make sure you, if you're a Thunderbirds fan, make sure you're joining us uh, tomorrow for that. It's just about 8.57 on Rock 102. Did I-